This talk was a really good talk with Musa Saluk from Souk. Uh, always great catching up with Musa. We covered a lot of ground, all the COVID changes, all the things he's been uh, addressing as far as day-to-day business and the way he creates his food and the diverse menu that he has. So awesome stuff, really good stuff. It's a great listen. Please subscribe. Please like us. Thanks a lot. We appreciate you. Y'all ready for this? Welcome to the Dan DeVerna Podcast, where we talk about business, life, and how to win it both. going to ask you how your week's been so interesting it's been interesting so is there ever that. a dull moment in the restaurant business as a whole like i've known several people that are either in management or have run restaurants or, or own restaurants and it seems like never a dull moment like mm-hmm. is it ever just kind of easy just like oh man this is this is a cakewalk yeah, when you're closed for a day or two, <laughs> that, that's really it. I mean, even then, it's the phone calls and the drama and the uh, everything that goes with it. I, I think I was talking to the guys earlier today, and <clears throat> we were talking about you know putting a schedule together for a week. And, and I mean, you have talked about a to do list, a not to do list, and, yeah. and that type of thing. And I took that not to do list. Um, took it to heart and used it for a while. And then, you know, it, it depends on who you distribute that not to do list to. And, um, you can sit and I can schedule my week on a Sunday over a, a cup of coffee. And then Monday I'm not even open and it's already blown to crap. Yeah. So it's just, uh, you know, you, you're dealing with all different personalities. You have different age groups. You know, I put a lot of, uh, kids through college with with the work you know they mm-hmm. it's, it's a flexible schedule and, and that's the other thing scheduling and call-offs and um everything that goes with the territory so yeah it, there's never a dull moment no um you snow days this past tuesday you get 14 inches of snow you just shut it down um you lose a day of revenue and you know and my whole goal with this concept was to have a quality of life for myself and a quality of life for everybody else. So we're closed Sunday and Monday. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm closed Sunday and Monday. That's already a five day work week. You lose a day to snow. Yeah. Minus another day. Right. Um, and we're in an industry where, where one day can impact the whole week. You know, sure. volume is volume cures all woes, you know, whether it be labor or everything else that goes with that. So no, there's never a dull to answer that. No, never. And I mean, there's already, since the COVID stuff happened, there's already like, I think it's like one sixth of restaurants in the U.S. have gone out of business. So I think it was the Restaurant Association was two out of every five or two out of every six will never be open again. And luckily I'm in a market where our leases and and our our monthly nuts aren't as like they are in Chicago or New York. You're talking a space like mine uh, is probably 50 grand a a month in New York or Chicago. And you can't make that on carryout. Right, you can you can go carry out, you know, twenty four hours a day. You're not going to make it back on that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's definitely been a challenge. Yeah, and you know, we've seen, you know, a lot of those people leaving those communities that 
are not reopening, you know, in different states and different yeah. areas of the country and stuff. So, yeah, we're blessed. We're, we're always blessed no matter what. We're in the United States, <clears> and, <throat> and you feel really good about that. But, boy, I mean, it's when all of a sudden they say the new, the new rules are this, and you're going to take this restaurant that you've had open for, what, 18 months? Well, at that time, six I, months, yeah, right? it opened October 1st of, of 19, and that was after a delay of – a liquor ticket sitting on somebody's desk in Columbus, which um, I've got great landlords, so they were able to call the governor <laughs> and, and, and get a uh, a push on my liquor ticket, which had put me back three months already. And then the building is a uh, historical building, so there's all the historical uh, guidelines that you have to go to go through to get your your uh, your your monies, and um, so that was putting stuff back and then yeah October 1st I'm off to the races and I'm having a a great startup and usually the rule of thumb is uh the first six months is the honeymoon and but it kept on going and then um well it really didn't keep on going because we ran into March 14th I remember I'll never forget I was sitting with my girlfriend Kara we we're at the at, up in my apartment and he came on tv and and um said, hey, you know, we're, we're shutting down. You guys are going to have to go to carry out. So that was March 14th. Uh, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday that week was St. Patty's Day. So you got somebody like Eddie from the Blarney down the street from me who had tents set up. It's his biggest day of the year, um, you know, possibly a six-figure day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then tents are shut down. You can't do that. Um, and then we're off to the races with carryout. So you you quickly have to go from this restaurant that's on a honeymoon and then still going up to the breaks and the record stopping, and you're like, what am I going to do? Right. And you don't have time to sit and cry over the spilt milk. It, it's it, it's it's happening. What are you going to do? Figure it out. And I just spent the rest of the day. Um, <clears throat> mainly on the phone, figuring it out. Uh, um, went to, I think I went to Costco and, and loaded up on to go containers. Um, and, uh, cause it was a Sunday, couldn't get them from a distributor mm -hmm. and just prepared myself for what was about to come. And, um, just like everybody else, you know, and, 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 you know, there's a lot of us that, um, we're talking. I, I think I talked to Tony from Swig on the phone that day. We talked for probably a half hour, and um, so you 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 call all the chefs and everybody you know, and just start to try to you know have kind of a little bit of a support group and get some ideas together how you're going to do it. So yeah, but fast forward, you know, we're almost a year later, and yeah. you know, business has definitely evolved. Yes, yeah. I mean you're back to being open, wearing masks in. Yeah spaced out a little bit more than you would want it to be obviously with the weather now we're there's no patio but the patio is probably probably a pretty nice shot in the arm in the summer for in a very nice summer yeah it right? was uh it was a lifesaver yeah, yeah it definitely was i mean i had 60 even with even with uh spacing spacing out i think i was at like 52 seats that's bigger than my dining room mm -hmm. so i was fortunate and and you know, I had the farmer's market, so um, there was traffic every Saturday morning, so lunches were taken off. 
Uh, you go from right right into lunch into dinner, no time to really switch over, which is a great problem. Not complaining about it. Yep. It was uh, you learn how to you figure out how to do do business in a different way for sure. Yeah. And um, you know, March fourteenth, we were allowed to start outside dining and. Um, the restaurant gods were looking down. The weather started to get better around uh, May 14th. I'm sorry. I, didn't, I think I said March. May 14th, we were allowed to do outside dining, and the weather started to get nice already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 21st of May, we were allowed to do inside dining. In my inside dining room, I have the high back booths, and then right when I, a week before we knew that was kind of coming on the 21st, my, I called my contractor, who Mariucci, Kevin Mariucci, who had done the whole restaurant, and said, hey, can you guys run over and get me some plexiglass? And uh, he ran over, I think, to Carter Lumber or something like that and got the last few sheets of plexiglass. Those were already going. So, And then my wood guy, uh, Jerry, built built frames around them. So if you go over there and you look, it's it looks like they were supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So we were already getting into that, Yeah, you know, hey. Being a little proactive. So I didn't have to do anything with those seats because the backs were already high enough and then another 52 inches up. So it, it, it was where it needed to be. So I didn't lose all that seating. So, you know, you just have to have to adapt. Yeah. You know, and now they've loosened up, like some things are looser, like curfew or eight people are staying. And we're downtown Toledo. We're kind of on the outskirt, but yeah. like as the weather breaks, I think we'll start to see that kind of, flow and come back a lot right yeah yeah i mean the curfew to me wasn't a a huge thing because 10 o'clock toledo's a a 10 9 30 10 o'clock we're done eating type of town mm-hmm. um i mean you go to chicago you go to new york everybody's getting reservations at 11 p.m so it yeah. wasn't a big but to my friends that have bars and the ones that my heart went out to because they you know they were they were suffering that that was a big the 11 o'clock was a big boost yeah and then um but along what comes uh, what comes along with that too is people think because the curfew is lifted that all the rules and regulations were lifted. Right. So now I'm getting yelled at, or my general manager is getting a hard time from people saying, "Well, we got a 15 top or a 14 top. It's still 10." Just because we can go to 11 p.m., they didn't take you know. Right. The rest they didn't of the change rules everything. Still in place. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, so it gets a little gets a little crazy with that, but um, yeah. Lifting the curfew has definitely helped. I mean, I've seen the numbers. We still have people hanging around. And it, it was always awkward to try to tell people, hey, you got to finish that drink up and go. You right. never want to kick anybody out of your restaurant or your bar right. or anything like that. So, But you get in big trouble if you don't. Big trouble. Yeah. yeah. Fines. And right. Fine per person. Like what's two, yeah. three, four hundred dollars per person. That kind of adds up quick. Yeah, real quick. But, you know, we, we, we abided by all that. And, um, I spend money on uh, there's a Remy Halo system that we that I had put on my uh, my HVAC, um, which is the ultraviolet light. So as the the air starts to recirculate, it kills 98% of supposedly germs and viruses. And I don't think it's supposedly. I know I put one up in my apartment too, and my allergies went away. So we have wow. you know I've done I've done everything that I can do. I have a stand up stand up lights that we take into each room that are supposed to. You know the ultraviolet lights that mm-hmm. the, the medical grade ones. So I, I mean, I spent a lot. You know, put a lot of money into where we still were keeping going. 
I'm still putting into it because I didn't know. How, I don't know how long this is going to last. I mean, right. we're still we're, we're vaccinating people, but we could still go into with the, the different strains. Still yeah. going to August. I think we're going to be wearing masks for a long time. Yeah, so that's but, what it seems like. But, uh, well, let's pivot because yeah. one of the things I thought was interesting, it, you know, I I eat at Souk all the time. Like it's I appreciate my that. favorite restaurant, but it there's so like it's kind of like you took a little chunk of you at all the stages of your yeah. like tell us about that menu because it's not like I don't even know exactly how if, if like a friend comes into town and I say hey we're going down to souk what kind of a restaurant is it and it's kind of like well it's Mediterranean but it's got some Italian and then it's got like how, how would you coming from the horse's mouth if you will like how would you describe a what that what it is and b where it came from because it's an evolution of right. life, I think. Right. Um, well, being being Middle Eastern, I grew up on all the traditional um, Lebanese foods. So my whole goal was there's some great people in town that do some great Middle Eastern, the Beirut, Biblos, uh, Poco Piatti, which I have respect for all those guys in the utmost respect. But um, when I transitioned from closing the Italian restaurant and went into this project, um, it was... I don't want to be like everybody else. So I put a, I call it a, a hip twist on the Mediterranean and the Lebanese food. So I, I just changed everything. You know, you have your, you have your common hummus. Now I'm putting um, crispy short rib and, and lamb ragu and, and spicy uh, banana peppers and calabrese peppers and roasted tomatoes. And the, uh, uh, Fatouche at most places, I, I, you know, I called my quinoa salad. So I mixed a little quinoa in with, with the parsley and the sumac and put a different twist on it. And the tabbouleh, instead of, you know, like bulgur wheat, the traditional, it has quinoa on that. So I just started to put different twists on things. And I had time uh, waiting for, you know, my liquor ticket and some of those other things to really experiment and, uh, you know, kitchen was up and going. I was just waiting on a permit to get going, you know, as far as the, the liquor ticket went. That was the last that was the last step. So I had a lot of time to play around in that kitchen and mess with so I brought a lot of my pizzas that I had at La Scola and I the wild boar bolognese used to be veal over there and I changed it over to boar and um most restaurants have a rias, which is the like like my kafta egg rolls. So I put mm-hmm. I put my kafta in egg rolls, which is totally off the we were yeah, going to little, a fourth of we, me and Kara were going to a fourth of July party while I was still waiting to to open and I think we were in Kroger and we're going down the aisle and uh, we happened to be in the the vegan organic aisle and I just happened to look over I had lamb in the cart and I just happened to see um, egg roll wraps and just something kicked in and I'm like I'm gonna grab those and I'm gonna deep fry those things and we're gonna take them to this party I'm gonna do some yogurt sauce with them. Now they're the number one selling thing uh, item on the menu. <laughs> they're it's, awesome. It's, yeah, they're really good. Fourth of July. <laughs> like, hey, here we go. We're gonna bring something different to this party. So, um, yeah. So it's 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 a combination of when I had you know when I had the burger bars, some of the burgers that I do for brunch, or some of the stuff that I had over there. Uh, the the Kafta burger is something that I used to run over there. So it's a mix of. Um, I just had this, like I had this big uh, storage unit full of. Um, recipes and things I've done over the past. And a lot of my features that I used to do in the past were things that I was going to, I mean, this has always been in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. And um, 
so that's that's where all that that whole arsenal of all and there's there's a ton more. I just haven't I just haven't you know revamped the menu yet. So how many things are like Grandma's old recipe or things that you've had in the arsenal, and how many things are I'm walking through Kroger's or uh, I'm, I've been thinking through, yeah, you know, like yeah. how much is because it's all got a little twist to it. Yeah, the uh, the kibbe is my mom and my grandmother's uh, recipe. And it's, and it's a little bit different than everybody else's. It, eat, really it eats good. differently. The kafta is my, you know, but every every village, everybody does their their stuff. Every village, I was born over there, so every little village does everything in their own little twist. Mm-hmm. Um, when my mom was still alive, I would I would call and I'm say, hey, uh, how much how much of a how much of the allspice, how much of the cinnamon do I throw into the the kafta? I said I need some measurements. She's like. <laughs> She goes, you just, you know, you toss, you toss, you taste, taste. And so, you know, I, I was, I was telling, telling some guys the other day that that's, that's the way it is. And that's why a lot of the guys in the kitchen, I don't let them make the kibbe. I don't let them make the kafta. I don't let them make the hummus. I do all that myself because um, I, I can't give them the measurements. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little taste of this and I have to, um, so. So that was another question I was thinking about, like how often so you have a five-day work week, mm. traditional five-day open work week, not yeah. really a five-day work yeah. week. But how how many days off do you get? Like, are you off on those other two days? Are you working seven days? Or yeah, well, I don't really call it work, but I have to go in for four hours. Yeah, or, pretty like, much. Sunday, what's that look yeah, like? Sunday, I try to Sunday, I try to make a a complete day of um, kind of rest and just hanging out and and then and maybe reading and stuff like that. And but you know, there's Sundays and Mondays are days like Valentine's Day fell on a Sunday. I'm a restaurant. How am I going to be closed on a Sunday? So I do a private wine dinner and sells out for like 65 people. So mm-hmm. you go from Valentine's weekend, which is which busy Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because everybody's celebrating it. Mm-hmm. And then um, going to Sunday and have to put out a six-course dinner, which I enjoy doing. It's it's therapeutic to me. But, yeah. but that's that's my day off. And then Monday... Mondays are usually ordering days and prep days, heavy prep days, especially after a busy weekend. And, you know, I can do some ordering on Sundays. I, I have everything on my on my iPhone now. All my purveyors are on there. I can go in and I can just walk around with my, my iPhone and um, all my inventory lists are in there and it just shoots shoots my orders. And a lot of times Saturday night, I will go through the cooler. I say cooler because the kitchen is kitchen small. Yeah. It's manageable. It's tight. You know, I came from an eight thousand square foot restaurant to a twenty eight hundred square foot restaurant, so it's a it's a, it's a different blueprint. So made to be that way, made to be tight, made to be more manageable, and made to be more efficient. So, mm-hmm. um, but to answer your question, yes, it's very rare that I get you know the two days off. It's usually seven for me. Everybody else is uh everybody else is five. Yeah. I mean. You know, I don't ever go into overtime because I don't ever get paid. Right. <laughs> we, we've we talked before about yeah. like that to-do list, the not to-do yeah. list thing, uh, which is interesting. And conceptually, it's always a great idea. Like mm-hmm. these are the things, you know, I make this much per hour. And so all these other things I should yeah. give away. Or this is where my magic is and all these other things I should give away, which sounds great until it's actually applied. And then it gets mm-hmm. really complicated. But what is your favorite part? Like it, of all the, I mean, because you've been doing conceptually like this blanket line of work, but you've been, you've 
done the cooking, you've done the creation, yeah. you've done the management, you've done the, like, you've done it all. Like, which parts are the parts that you're like, hey, this is where, because my, I feel like I know what I, yeah. what, the version of you, what I, part I like yeah, the best, yeah. but I, I'm curious as to what it's, you. It's easy. It's, it's the creating um, and the cooking. The cooking, I could be um, in the worst mood ever. And once I start cooking, it just, it all, it just, it all goes away for some reason, you know? And, and, uh, you know, like things like making the baklava, which is my, which is my mother's, um, recipe. And she taught me to do it. That's the most tranquil thing for me because it's, it's, I'll put my earbuds in, I'll listen to some opera or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, And that's the whole other thing. When I'm in the kitchen by myself, it's, you know, you're listening to music, you're listening to whatever kind of calms you. And, uh, by myself is probably the best time in there. And it's the most, uh, kind of therapeutic for me. Um, but with the baklava, it brings back good memories of my mom. So I do it. And that's a, that's a labor of love. It's layers and layers and layers and butter and layers. And, but that's, that's it. I think in a nutshell, it's the cooking and the, in creating new dishes and, flavors and and menus um i have my own menu uh menu software so everything's created in-house it's printed in-house i have a i have a uh copier upstairs um that that i'm able just to copy if something goes through the roof um protein wise that's on the menu i can change the menu and take that off and you know yeah, let's talk about that because that's one of the things that the people, all of us that whether we're going into your restaurant or whether we're getting takeout from your restaurant or really any restaurant, like we don't know all the moving parts behind the scenes. Like we think of, oh, geez, look at gas prices. Like recently yeah. this happened. And so we've seen gas prices go from here to here mm-hmm. because President Biden did this or, you know, whatever happened. But there's a whole lot more moving parts oh, on yes. your back end with foods and the cost of things and all that stuff. And then complicated even more with the COVID stuff. Like how do you manage around that when, when you have basically a stable of the core stable menu, right? Yeah. Um, going back to COVID, there was a lot of, I I remember seeing on the news, a lot of people were complaining about restaurants that were throwing on this, uh, COVID charge. It was, I think it was probably down around your, your tax or your gratuity. Mm -hmm. Um, I hadn't heard of it because I was so the the first nine nine and a half ten weeks that we were doing carry out I was I was in the kitchen by myself. Uh, everybody else um, went on layoff and was collecting their their unemployment, which they were doing pretty well. Right, <laughs> and uh, so it was just me in the kitchen for nine nine ten weeks. My general manager answering phones and running around, and then my daughter and another girl were just doing curbside service. So there's you know there's a few of us, but. Um, going back to the moving parts, it's, I didn't have the luxury of raising my prices during COVID and the boxes, the gloves, the sanitizer, all the things that we had to accumulate that, I I mean, we're always sanitizing in the kitchen all the time and and most of the time wearing gloves, but the gloves went from $45 a case to 145 a case. You want to talk about tripled? Yeah. Tripled. Yeah. Right. So and I suppose the same thing with <clears throat> to go everything, yeah. like all the stuff that's everybody needs for yeah. sure. Yeah, there's usually an X factor that I put in when I when I do a menu item. So like um, a Piedmontese fillet that that I that we do the medallions with. It's 
$17 just for that eight ounce filet before it even hits the, the broiler. Mm. And the X factor would be the oyster mushrooms and the garlic greens and the potatoes that I put in and the, the uh, porcini mushroom butter. So you're at 17 before it even hits the plate. And those are the moving, you know, those are the moving parts and, and the cost that I think when people go out to eat, they, they don't realize that, that it, I already have, if that young kid next to me overcooks that mid rare to a mid well, I've I just lost 17 right off the bat. That thing's going right in the, you know, in the garbage or somebody's eating it, but not, not the customers. Wow. So there's right. a, there's a million moving parts with, um, you know, my electric bill, my gas bill, my water, and, you know, and the water company out comes out and just guesstimates instead of gives you an actual read. Um, it, it's just all the things that you go through, and especially being a chef, restaurateur, owner, it would be nice to be, and I'm not saying just being a chef at a restaurant that you don't own is, is easy. It's a little bit easier when you don't have to worry about paying the bills and staying up all night. You know, figuring out if you're gonna make payroll, yeah, and and those things, and be able to just your job is to create. So I got to create, I got to pay the bills, I got to do my QuickBooks. It's it's a uh, there's so many moving parts to it that it's yeah. yeah. Well, people think it's glamorous, and it kind of is. When everything's I mean, going great, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it seems very glamorous, but that all the heavy lifting. I mean, I think that's that can be said for a lot of small business owners, yeah, like oh, sure. geez. Like that guy's lucky or this, he fell into this or whatever the situation is. It's all rainbows and unicorns. But, you know, I've been told how lucky I am for a long time. But, you know, I've been getting to work three hours before everybody else for like 20 years. I don't know how much luck, like there's definitely still some luck involved. Yeah, but it's hard work. But it it is hard work. It's ethic. It's it's work ethic. It's all those things. And... You know, nobody else can really factor in those considerations. Like, like it's it's hard work, and all of my restaurant people, like, truthfully, you're kind of working when I least want to work. I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> like, cleaning, truthfully. yeah, I'm cleaning and mopping and cleaning toilets at 6 a.m. I mean, somebody's yeah. got to, I mean, especially during this time, I know it sounds crazy, but I, I want to make sure my restaurant's sanitized and cleaned. And the best yeah. person that I know that is going to, that I trust to do that is, is me. Right. And it's just a, it's just what you have to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not always, uh, you know, th- those are the glamorous moments come in at six 30 in the morning and watch me mop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I've had so, people follow me too. Yeah. I mean, and this isn't unrelated to COVID, but Hey, follow me for a day and see what you think. I've said that a few times. And, uh, boy, I've not had too many come back no, a second day. No, no, <laughs> it's yeah. just, just one day yeah. thing. It's fun. Yeah. You know, they get to check it out, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there's a ton of moving parts. Like, like I just, I just received, uh, 13 unemployment letters in the mail this past week and not a single one of these people work for me. Oh, so uh, there's some fraud going on. So significant. Then I try fraud. to call and take care of it and you're on the phone on hold for you know three or four hours. So there's just all these, these little things that you wouldn't think of. So, right. um, I actually just saw somebody else posted on uh, Facebook yesterday that they got nine of them in the mail. And these are people that, I, you know, I, I have access to my my payroll online. And these people, you know, I remember every single person that's worked for me. Yeah. Um, and none of these people work for me. These names are, these names are nothing I know. So it's kind of crazy what's going on out there right now, too. So yeah, it's interesting you've got to be really sure. on top of, uh, on top of everything. Um, when you own your own business, you know that it's, uh, if you, if you get lax for a minute, 
um, things can fall through the cracks. I was I was telling the guys earlier today, um, it's like a giant uh, like a giant funnel with all these holes in it, and I got to sit and plug up every single hole to keep. It's not the water; it's the money from flowing out of the out of the funnel. Right. Um, it's like a strainer, and you you have to. Our margins are so so tight that it's not. I mean, somebody sees somebody comes in on a weekend and sees how busy we are, but they don't see the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday that weren't weren't busy at all. Yeah, I can't. You can't make it on two days a week. Right. So it, it's 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 a lot of hard work. It's a lot of uh, you gotta you gotta take a little bit um, portion off some money for for marketing. Um, Social media is, is 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 very important, and we we kind of stay on that. That that's been our bread and butter, especially through especially through COVID, because I was able to do some cool stuff like uh, Throwback Thursdays, where I was doing La Scola items, yeah, and and then Burger Bar. I, I think I sold like two thousand burgers during. It was crazy. I was flipping burgers all during COVID for carryout because to me, a lot of the food I do scares me to death to go out in a carryout container. And the homeless and all that stuff is it's fine, but um, you know, sending a lamb shank home or a short rib that could sit up in the window and dry out because somebody says they're gonna be there at six thirty and they don't get there except till seven fifteen to pick it up. Yeah, that falls on me when they get home. Right. But the burgers, you know, the burgers were the burgers were easy huge and, hit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, so. you talked about like I don't know how much of this you do all the time if you're doing it all the time or if. It's going to be the new normal, but when you do like those, like the wine dinner, yeah, those are those are going to be. You know, do you do those consistently? Like, how do people how do people know that those are happening? Because I know they sell out like they sell quick. Quick. Because we've been doing doing them like once a month, and um, people have a blast at them, and we make them really memorable. So once they hit, they're they're almost sold out instantaneously. So I'll do those on a Monday or a Sunday, so there's no dinner service involved in it. Mm-hmm. And especially during COVID, we've done even during COVID, we've done them and, and spaced it out and sold them out. So yeah, and you know we we just reserve the whole restaurant for it. And um, you know I've maxed them out at ninety before. It's to do six courses at at ninety people. That's that's a lot of plates and it's mass production and uh, getting them out is is a is a total team effort. But they're they're a lot of fun and we're not going to stop doing them. Probably I'd like to do them twice a month. But yeah, that's a cool experience though. Like yeah. the elements of that, that are, there's some pretty neat elements that, that just brings everything, it brings everything together because you've yeah. got, you know, you've got the, the chef, the guy that owns it, and then you've got the food and you've got the wine, you've got yeah. the, the layers of all this stuff. But now all of a sudden you've got all these things coming together and then it's really neat as someone who's attended these things to be like, you're pairing things together Yeah, you're like, Oh, the. I never thought of that. Yeah. Like, there's so many elements that us us normal people that don't have that genius, we don't really think about it. Like we m- might step right over it, mm-hmm. and then you guys, you just mention it. You're like, oh my god, yeah, that is that is what that is. And then this brings it, and it brings it full circle, and it just bring like it's it's just it's pretty awesome. Like that's my favorite. So yeah. you know, setting you up for what your favorite part is. That's my favorite part yeah, is no, when you that's... have the food that's awesome, and then somebody that walks up and like explains why it's so awesome. Because I don't know, right. I just know it's pretty great. Um, yeah, I, I my favorite part, I guess, is is the whole the whole picture and how it how it ends up and how people are happy, making people happy is, is a huge thing for me. And, um, the whole, 
my whole approach to the wine dinners is I don't I don't put a menu out online. Everybody's always asking for a menu and they yeah. sell out, so I, I won't do it because here's what happens is if it's on Monday, I don't even know by Saturday. I, I brought in different proteins, which I have an idea of what I'm going to do, but I don't even have the menu together because I, I I I'm not I'm not wired that way. I have to be I have to put the pressure on at the last minute and yeah, bam, and, and it's a little weird, but. It's just the way I, that's the way I do it. Well, it's much, it's, it's kind of cool anyways. Like you don't, you're, people are going there. They don't know what they're going to eat necessarily. Yeah. And then you're also not disappointing them in the sense no. that no. there's not some, Hey, by the way, I couldn't get that. I was planning to do this, but I couldn't get it. Oh, I was really looking forward to that. Yeah. You show you know? up and there's octopus in front of you. You're like, what? Wow. This is cool. So it's, yeah. it's a, uh, yeah, those are, those are a lot of fun and I think we'll continue to do them and I'm going to continue, um, I for charity I've done a lot of I haven't done a lot of charity this year because it's been a lot of virtual stuff but I yeah. usually do a lot of stuff each year and I, I give away um you know wine dinners for 10 for for people to auction off and I've given away a lot of cooking classes so we're mm-hmm. going to start doing these cooking classes on Sunday oh, neat. And in front of our expo area you know maximum 12 people and my cooking classes aren't they're not hey everybody's got an apron on in the kitchen Everybody's watching what I'm doing, and they're drinking wine, and they're eating everything I'm making. So by the time, you know, by the time everybody's ready to go home, it's it's Uber time. So they they <laughs> there the, you go. It's mostly ladies, and sometimes it's couples, but they'll they'll have a good time with that. So the cooking classes are another aspect of uh, what we can do, and they're they're a lot of fun, and they're um, we usually print off everything and email everybody everything that we've done. So and it's so, a good team builder if you want to bring some yeah some of your you know employees in, or it's it's good for corporate stuff and you know they're, they're fun so if they want if somebody wanted to keep track of those things like are they following you on facebook or like where's yeah, the best place I, to I, know yeah, about these cool yeah. things happening you know, my instagram page the, the restaurant i have my own page the the restaurant has an instagram page the facebook page um that that would be the best yeah we're always all over the place on instagram and facebook and i do some of my own stuff because i have I uh, always share everything that's on the suit page onto my personal page because I have so many people on my page too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, that that's the cool stuff. And, and you're able to buy these wines at these wine dinners too. And, and before COVID it was mainly if an Italian winemaker was in town, I'd snag him up and, and you actually had the winemaker mm-hmm. right now. Nobody was, you know, weird. It's a little weird. So yeah. um, nobody's really traveling around. It's usually, my vendors who are very knowledgeable too. So, um, but they, they get a lot better when the, the actual winemakers come in town too. And that gets yeah. really, really cool. Good, good. So, awesome, man. Yeah. It's always good catching up. Yeah, it's good. It's to good you. to kind of know what's going on with Souk and keep plugging away. And before you know it, the weather will be breaking. We'll be back on the patio yeah. having a couple of the yeah. signature cocktails yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and doing it's, the stuff. It's can't wait for that weather, weather to break. And hopefully, you know, hopefully we get a, uh, an opening day this year sometime. Oh yeah. That'd be interesting. I think it's going to be a little bit later, but you know, that would be nice. Yeah. It'd be great. I haven't had one of those yet. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Always good. Oh, thanks for having me. Yep. You bet. Thanks buddy. Thanks. Uh,
offers products and services using the following business names. Creative Financial Partners, Insurance and Financial Services, Ameritas Investment Company, LLC, AIC, Member FINRA, SIPC, Security Investments, Ameritas Advisory Services, AAS Investment Advisory Services, AIC and AAS are not affiliated with Creative Financial Partners. Products and services are limited to residents of states where the representative is registered. This is not an offer securities in any jurisdiction nor is it specifically directed to a resident of any jurisdiction. As with any security request or prospectus from a representative, read carefully before you invest or send money. The representative will contact you to provide request information. Representative of AIC and AAS do not provide legal or tax advice. Please contact your tax advisor or attorney regarding your situation. Whew. Thanks for watching.